Welcome if you're joining us. Sorry about the delay. Welcome if you're joining us. We are two weeks. This is the third week in. Well, go on, girls. We're the third week in looking at a series that is in the Psalms. And the series is called Prayer, Poetry, Prophecy, and Praise. <clears throat> and this week, we are going to be doing Powerful Poetry Part 2. So we started last week just looking at the poetic aspect of the book of Psalms. And welcome to a personal journey that I'm on looking at this book and it might seem a little bit higgledy-piggledy. <clears throat> I was even reflecting on the fact that really should have called it pre um, poetry, prayer, prophecy, and praise, because we've been highlighting this issue of prophecy at the at, um, this issue of poetry at the start. But maybe next time I do it, maybe in a decade's time, I can do it properly. But a subtitle for today would be um, the Tree of Life. The tree of life and I anticipate that we will carry this over next week and and I'll tell you why when we get to the end so um, Psalm 1 where we are only going to be looking predominantly at one verse which is verse 3 so if you if you're if, if, if you're inclined to want to follow in your Bible you can turn to Psalm 1 um, otherwise I'm going to try and put the verses up on the screen um, at the appropriate time so last week, we considered the fact that the Bible, although one book, is made up of 66 different books. And not all books are the same in terms of their genre. Right? We talked about narrative, epistle, apocalyptic, and we said that the Psalms is poetry. And I gave um, an example of a murder mystery versus a biography and although the text was exactly the same when you look at it from a different perspective it reads different it reads differently and that is depending on its genre genre determines the strategy of the text it determines the reading strategy of the text. And if the Psalms falls into this category um, of poetry, it's really helpful to, to see as such in order for it to be kind of much more appreciated. But also bearing in mind that the bulk of the poems, quote unquote, in the Psalms, um, fall into three categories. <clears throat> Most, if not all, articulate prayer. That's why it's up there. Many contain prophecy. And a high percentage of the Psalms are praise. Prayers because most of the Psalms are directed where? <coughs> to God. Prophecy because many predict the future, speak about the future, especially as it relates to God's king, the Messiah, right? So it's prophetic in that sense, prophecy, but also praise or hymns, because these are supposed to be sung, they're poems set to music. As you go through some of the Psalms, you read, you know what I'm saying, this particular Psalm was set to this particular instrument. Poems set to music, and just like any good song, the Psalms are filled with metaphor. A metaphoric language that needs sometimes to be unpacked. Because there's a lot more in there than, than meets the eye. Now we only managed to unpack, as it were, two verses um, last week. Verse 1 and verse 2. Um, this week, as I said, we're only going to manage verse 3. Um, but let me go ahead and read the whole psalm. So Psalm 1 <clears throat> says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law 
He meditates day and night. He's like a tree planted by streams of water that yield its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. Verse 4, the wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you for your word. And to say thank you for your word and all that it is to us is an understatement. Lord, we don't have enough tongues to declare the immense depth of our gratitude for your word. Lord, for many of us, it has transformed our lives. And Lord, we thank you that the building project has not yet been concluded. You're still in the process of changing and transforming us. Father, would you help us to consider that further today? And Lord, would you continue that work of changing, transforming, building us and building your church? In the name of the Lord Jesus, I ask. Even adding new blocks and bricks to the building. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> amen. Now, I made a commitment in it. I think some of you are probably thinking, ah, see, Pastor Rob, you're slipping on your commitment. Because at the beginning, I just started with the intro and just kept it moving. Um, but I made a commitment to write a rap that would summarize last week's teaching or the, te the teaching from the previous week um, to kind of summarize it. And again, it's for my benefit. So whether, whether it blesses you or not, is neither here nor there. It's for my benefit. This is for my own personal growth and development, you know what I'm saying, and my commitment to working harder at, um, at just being faithful. And so <clears throat> last week is not like this week. Last week, I think I spat 36 bars um, a cappella, and this week is very, very different. Um, I've only literally written kind of like a, a double eight-bar chorus, and it sounds more like a bridge. I don't even know. And I thought to myself, you know what? I can, I can do all of this hard work, and again, it's for my benefit, but I just invite you, especially if you guys write rap, and I know there are a number of you in here, um, but then also, if you write poetry, you know what I mean? If you want to join me, you can join me, you know what I'm saying? In looking at the content and then creating something as a byproduct, you know what I'm saying? And um, begin to write even modern day psalms, if you like, you know what I mean? Some of them will be a cappella, like poetry. Um, poetry is so popular nowadays. Um, but who knows, maybe some of, them, some of this stuff might get developed into song, into music. Um, Pastor E talked about us developing as a church and I remember years ago we talked about you know and I'm saying okay we're starting a new series it's going to be 15 weeks in I don't know you know I'm saying the book of Philippians and on the and and as we go through this because we had so many MCs in the church we said right as we go through this book by the time we get to the, as we go through this book we're going to hope that people are going to get inspired by the content you know what I'm saying and and we were like okay let's write to this so by the time we get to the end of the book, we've got a whole album worth of material. And so then when we post the messages online, we can also say, boom, look, here's the music to go with it. You know what I mean? And it, and it just, and it, and it, and it, and it just um, fulfills our commitment to producing good quality material, whether it's teaching and preaching or music, you know what I'm saying, for the benefit of the body and otherwise. Does that make sense? And so, for those of you, like I said the other day, I said, if you're artistic, hopefully you're getting some inspiration as we go through this. And again, because as a church, we're going through this transition. Wouldn't it be wonderful if some of this stuff was really, you know what I'm saying, if it really actually happened? And, um, but yeah, that's a prayer request of mine. And I think Pastor Eason. So, like I'm trying to get away from doing this rap, in it? <clears throat> Remember, there ain't much to it, but hopefully the content. And, and let me just mention this. 
I didn't get the, so a big part of last week's message was the walking, standing, and the sitting element, if you remember, if you were here. Um, but then also meditating, and I'm saying, now I got the meditating bit, I think, but boy, I never got to the, the walk, stand, and sitting again. Help me, innit? And I'm saying, maybe someone else can write something about that, and we can collaborate. Hey, get Elijah to make a beat. So, here we go. The process of reaping a harvest that will grow is getting that first seed planted that you sow. Contemplate the words I speak. What have you been putting in your mind this week? What fills your thoughts and sits in the cupboards of your mind when healthy options are hard to find? Well, there's God's word, so no need to speculate or medicate the best medicines to meditate. I'm not saying everything you read is bad. But like coffee as a bean is bagged, you need to grind, break it down, heat it up, and then filter it, making sure that it's pure. So the process of reaping a harvest that will grow is getting that first seed planted that you sow. Contemplate the words I speak. What have you been putting in your mind this week? What fills your thoughts and sits in the cupboards of your mind when healthy options are hard to find? But it's God's word, so no need to speculate or medicate the best medicines to meditate. Amen? Yeah. All right. So, so getting back to Psalm 1, verse 1 and 2, talk about the blessed person, right? And they're blessed because of, initially, what they don't do, Remember? They're blessed because of what they don't do. But what they don't do comes as a result of what they do do. Then in verse 2, if you like, which means the part that they don't do. Verse 2, they don't do verse 1. They do delight in the law of the Lord. And on his law, they what? Meditate day and night. See, they don't do verse 1 because of what they do in verse 2. And because of what they do in verse 2, they don't do verse 1. Right? They, because of what they do in verse 2, which is meditate on God's law and delight in it, they don't walk in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the are the scornful or scoffers. So last week we focused on the negative threefold metaphor, right? Remember, of walking and then ending up standing and then ending up sitting, right? Describing the wicked. Have you ever meditated, talking about meditation, on the word wicked? So... Definition. The definition of wicked, kind of biblically speaking, is morally very bad, evil, fierce, vicious, disgustingly unpleasant, causing or likely to cause harm, distress, or trouble. Now, see, I could have just used the word wicked and just kept it moving without defining it, right? But a part of meditating is the, is the difference between, between putting something in your mouth, like I think Pastor E's about to do right now. Sorry, bro. Cut you up. Right? It's all good. It's all good. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> and he ain't sharing. <laughs> the difference between putting something in your mouth and not swallowing it, right? <clears throat> and putting something in your mouth and swallowing it and digesting it, right? That's the difference between just hearing something, you know what I'm saying, and not really thinking about it and meditating on that thing to the point where you extract understanding. Does that make sense? Even to the point where you go beyond tasting to metabolizing. 
You know what I'm saying? It's a bit like food ta um, wine tasting. You know, they, drink, they taste the wine, they swish it around, they get the taste of it, but they don't get the benefit of the wine, whether negative or positive, negative liquid and positive, sorry, positive the liquid and negative the, the, the ill effects of, you know what I'm saying? Um, no, well, it's not even ill effects. It's all right to have a glass of wine. I don't want it to sound like I'm trying to say you can't drink, but you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? The, the, the effect that the wine can provide is different you know what I'm saying, when you swish it around versus swallowing it, right? And words or information is quite similar in a sense. You heard the expression in one ear and what? Out the other. And basically it's saying you hear something, right? And it bypasses that meaty mass in between the ears, right? And it just comes out the other end without it being processed. You know what I mean? Like often, I remember as a youth, my mum would say something, you know what I mean? And I'd hear the sound of her voice, you know what I'm saying? But I didn't hear the words that she said. And I never went back to check and say, mum, what did you say? I just kept it moving. And then half an hour later, there's a problem. Because my mum wants to know how come I ain't hoovered the front room. You know what I mean? I'm saying, but, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and and did you hear me? Well, and if you didn't hear before... Well, maybe you heard before, now you can't hear. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? And, and it's like, she said, didn't you hear me? And I did, I heard her, but I never heard her. You know what I mean? Because I wasn't listening. And there's a difference. Um, so last week, <clears throat> has this gone off now? Oh, it's still on. So last week, Pastor E mentioned, like, it's been a busy week, isn't it? Um, so the whole of last week, we committed to going on a youth camp. You know when you sign up for them, them things six months in advance, and you think, yeah, man, it would be cool, man. When we get there, yeah, man, no problem, praise the Lord. And then it was only the week before I realized, I said, wait a minute. I swear next week is half term. And this is the week we're supposed to be going on this thing. I was like, boy, Lord, how's this going to work? You know what I mean? In terms of obviously your schedule and whatnot. And I just thought, boy. And the thing is, like, if you've ever been on a youth camp or like a youth retreat, you know it's get up at six in the morning and you know you ain't getting to your bed till midnight, past midnight. And it was like that back to back from Monday right through to Friday. And, um, but the blessed thing about it, and it was more blessed than blessing and curse. Um, the blessed thing about it was far from a curse. And it, Carl, it's heavy, isn't it, the week? The blessed thing about it was we fundamentally were looking the whole week at Psalm 1. So guess what I got to do? I got to meditate on the whole of Psalm 1 for a whole week. Day and night. Because it's what we were teaching. <clears throat> and what's crazy is this, is yesterday, as Pastor E said, we was at a wedding all day, is it? And at this wedding, and it's, it's, it was tricky because Pastor E was on the praise team. Oh, my gosh. When I tell you, the whoever was there yesterday, when I tell you, they absolutely smashed it yesterday. It was the best I've ever heard them sing. It was amazing. They killed it. And to, and to show you how they held it down, the bride was an hour late. And it, what, they weren't playing music in the background. They were singing and they just done such a tremendous job. Now, imagine, they were singing, but they were singing like godly songs. So at the wedding now, I'm hearing all of this, this phenomenal, you know what I'm saying, praise songs. A lot of the tunes then that we sing that I know, but they had a drummer, and obviously Ray was on the keys, and it was nice. And so for like an hour odd, we were just there singing and rocking and, you know what I'm saying, praising, and it was all good stuff coming into my mind, into my thinking. So on the back of the week, and now all of a sudden I'm getting all of this good stuff now. Pastor E was on the praise team. Pastor P led the ceremony because um, I'm not sure you know, but Wayne and Sabrina got married yesterday and they they're sitting on the plane on the tarmac about to take off and go to Jamaica. They're going to Old Chirios for their honeymoon. So they wanted all three of us involved because if you know, there's a long story, you know what I'm saying, with Sabrina and just, and so they wanted all of us involved in the wedding. 
So I, in one sense, drew the short straw in that I was the MC in the evening. <laughs> and if you're going to be the MC, you need to know what's going on during the daytime. So it's not even like I could just, you know what, I just turn up at the reception. You know what I mean? And get all my studying and stuff done that I never had time to do during the week. In, you know what I'm saying? But I couldn't. So I had to be there. And so I'm there. And seven o'clock come, I'm looking. What to Pastor P? Well, Pastor P's preaching Sunday morning. Pastor P gone. <laughs> and, I see, and, I look, and, I, and I look and I said, oh, wait, what to Pastor E? And I look, I see Pastor E with his coat on, you know. <laughs> Eight o'clock, packing up. Obviously, Judith, Judith, you know what I'm saying, still recovering. And um, so they had to leave early, innit? So, boy, I, I looked around and I thought, and, and the joke is, Pastor, he's like, boy, Pastor Robin, we've got some equipment that boys need to come back to church and that, you know what I mean? And he weren't putting it on me because I didn't need to rush and get it in here for this morning. But, you know what I'm saying? It was like, okay, well, if I leave, I didn't see no one else from Ecclesia. So if I duck out, what's going to happen to the equipment? So I end up staying. But it wasn't even a chore because, um, like, Dwayne, you know, um, Red's, like, like, like um, where's name again? Jason. Jason. Oh. <laughs> Jason. Boy, like, it's been a long week. Jason was supposed to do the music, but, you know, he took sick in Philadelphia. Um, just keep him in your prayers because I, I think he's still there. Had to go in hospital. And, and so he couldn't make it back. He was supposed to be the DJ at the wedding. He couldn't make it back. So Dwayne Triumph stepped in at the last minute. So... I'm saying it was a chore, but Dwayne's there on the decks. It's a wedding, bare food, you know what I'm saying? Everybody's enjoying themselves. We're all having a good time. So we're there and enjoying ourselves, and you know what I mean? And everyone's kind of like different styles of music are coming, a little bit of bashment, a little bit of, you know what I'm saying, a little bit of soca, then a little bit of 80s, you know what I'm saying? And then, and then everyone's getting ready, isn't it? Everyone's getting ready for candy. And um, <laughs> you know how it goes, right? And anyway, they dropped the candy. I've never seen so much people. Like nearly everyone at the wedding was doing, there was no space anywhere in the hall. I don't know if there's been any videos put up yet. You know what I'm saying? For the candy. And so everyone's doing it and it's nice, isn't it? You know what I'm saying? And, and up until that point, I'm having a good time. I can't lie. I really did enjoy myself. Um, even kind of lost my voice while I'm singing. I'm part of the sing-along crew. You know what I'm saying? And, but then, <clears throat> but then, what happens is an, a, a certain song comes on, and it's, what, it's by one of, like, I'll say, my favorite, one of my favorite artists currently speaking. Remember I said I'm going for a renaissance, right? Long story, yeah, short. But um, beginning to enjoy some secular music that historically I wouldn't really kind of give myself to. So Chronix comes on, and Chronix has got this song called Smile. Eh, bro, tell me, it's a ch <laughs> it is a tune, and it's, and it's one I will highly recommend. The whole, the, the whole basis of the tune, right, is he's talking about a girl. Initially, it sounds like, you know what I'm saying? And, and, he, and, and she says to him, she asks him what his name, and he says, my name is Chronix. And then he turns around and, say, and says, tell me, what's your name? And she turns around and tells me that her name is Jamaica. And he says, smile. Oh, girl, smile. Smile for me, Jamaica, is the tune. So it's crazy because... It's typical poetry, and it's typical simile and metaphor. He's talking about what sounds like a girl, but he's actually talking about the island of Jamaica. This is just a tune. So we, it, they drop that tune, and everyone's dancing. And, but then they get in the chronics flow, and they drop another chronics tune. And as they're playing the tune, I find that I'm singing along to the tune, because it's another big tune. I don't know if you know this tune. It's called Here Comes Trouble. It speaks for itself. And um, the tune comes on, yeah, and like, I'm there, I'm enjoying the tune, and, and then all of a sudden, halfway through, I'm like, wait a minute. Like, wait a minute. There just seems to be a little bit of a problem here. <laughs> and I'm there singing the tune, you know, and I'm realizing that, hmm, maybe I shouldn't really be singing this tune. <coughs> and um, this has all come about as a result of me spending a week meditating in God's word. And then, as I said, even earlier in the day at, this, at the wedding, meditating on God's word through song. So let me show you some of the lyrics, right? Sadly, here comes trouble. He says, 
And it's, it's kind of in Patua, so I'll do my best, right? Um, basically, it says, um, At them such um, comes trouble, here comes the danger. Sent by the Savior. Now notice. I wonder who the Savior is. Welcome the Rasta youths. I and I start recruit soldiers for Selassie army. Oh. <laughs> now, is Selassie, is Selassie, Hell Selassie, the Savior? No. No, he ain't. Man said, no. <laughs> you know what I mean? Now, you begin to see why I got a problem as I'm singing this song now. You know what I'm saying? Because in Chronics, in, thank you, brother. In Chronics, mine at least, and so, and he goes on. Occupation, sorry, Operation Occupy the Motherland, right? This is the operation, you know. Occupy the Motherland, calling all soldiers to kindly trot along. From creation, it writes in a Jaja, in a Jaja plan, right? Okay, what's written in his plan? We'll see. But Chronics, he says, I can't do it alone. So I'm recruiting Soldiers coming from near and far, my youth, executing Selassie I works and Bill Rastafari troops. Like I said, even as I'm saying it, I'm singing the tune is so gigantic in terms of its quality. You know what I'm saying? But the quantity of its content begins to prove a problem. The next part goes on and he says, waving the banner red, green and gold. And you can see, like, he's representing his colors, literally. You know what I'm saying in the picture? Waving the banner red, green, and gold. It is such an honor. Prophecies untold. Discovered on stones, and this is a tricky part. Discovered on stones and trees and scrolls. And even in the stories that Jesus told. So you could be like, okay, well he's talking about Jesus. Hey, praise the Lord. Well, rust that you must inherit the earth. That's not consistent with the Bible. Come a can't sit down. Jaja, send me for work. Bring the fire in the ground. Jaja, send me for purge. But I can't do it alone. So he says he's recruiting, right? He's recruiting that. What am I to do with this? This is poetry set to music wonderfully. It's a psalm if you like. Like Bertram said, from someone that's immersed in Rastafarian culture. Right? Not just Rastafarian culture, but the Rastaf Rastafarian religion. To the point where he's producing music that forwards that particular agenda. What do I do with this? Well, the first stage is thinking. It's musing. You know what the word muse means? <clears throat> well, it's, it's the opposite to a word that we're very familiar with. We may not be so familiar with muse, but you're, filled with, you're familiar with amusement, right? And a muse is to take away whatever muse is. So muse is to think and to consider carefully. So if a amusement is to take away thinking, there you have amusement. In its purest sense. Obviously, you can have positive amusement, amusement and so on, but... So, <clears throat> what, what are we to do with this? I'm not going to try and argue, you know what I'm saying, unpack lots of issues that I could, but suffice to say, the first stage is thinking, right? Meditating on all the information that enters the mind through this particular means. Have you guys ever heard of a, a guy called Jaron Lanier? Now, if you're into computers, I suspect you possibly may have. <coughs> Excuse me. What's going on here? Jaron L Lanier. I think that's how you pronounce, pronounce his name. Now, let me show you his credentials before I, I tell you what he said. Yeah? Here are his credentials. He's the co-creator. They say he's one of the fathers of virtual reality. You know, VR is a big thing now, right? So, 
He's an internet scientist. The guy is a computer philosopher. And he works for Microsoft Research. Would you suggest that these are some solid credentials? And I'm saying, if anyone's going to talk about computers and related issues, you should at least give him your attention. You give him five minutes, isn't it? <clears throat> so he's written a book. Listen to the title of the book. <clears throat> he's written a book called 10 Arguments for Deleting Your Social Media Accounts. Right now. Interesting title, isn't it? I looked it up. You can get it for like $4.99 on, on um, Amazon. What's the digital version of Amazon? My mind ain't. Kindle. You can get it on Kindle. I think I'm going to have a look at it. You know what I'm saying? 10 arguments for deleting your social media accounts. And some of it, because I watched an interview with him, some of it is to do with this issue of amusement. Amusing yourself, that is... I don't want to think. I just want something to fill the space, the gap. You know what I'm saying? And he talks about the dangers of doing that to the point where, obviously, he goes to this extreme. Again, if somebody is a fast reader, you can maybe read it and, and let me know. It's, it's on my list of books to, to read. Question is, are, you, are we thinking? You know what I'm saying? Are we musing? Are we meditating? on all of the inf information that enters our mind. Now, I do want to make a distinction between like biblical meditation and meditating on like this stuff. I do think there's a distinction, but I do think we need to engage our minds. You know what I'm saying? A part of the problem in, in churches, you know what I'm saying, um, I think we're quite blessed because you guys are obviously prepared to sit for an hour when we preach. We. <laughs> it's not just me one, right? You know what I mean? Um, otherwise, you wouldn't be here. You know what I mean? You just vote with your feet and not ever come back again for the rest of your life as, as long as you live. You know what I mean? But you guys come back and, and, and we feel like part of that is because as much as we can be long and maybe a lot of what we say could be shortened, you know what I'm saying? I think I was talking to Ray the other day and he really encouraged me because he said, he said, look, Pastor Rob, he said, when you guys preach, you're very conversational. You know what I mean? You guys could just stand up there and, 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 and share your thoughts and your, your, your perspective and, and preach at us. But he it said it often feels like you're talking to us. And often we'll respond and, you know what I'm saying, and, and I was obviously able to say to him, good, well, then it's not, our, it's your fault why we're long. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but I say that because it's important that we think, isn't it? And sometimes you need, to, you, need, you need to set aside time. Because how many of us give time like this? Real concentrated effort to listening to God's word. You know what I'm saying? Being declared or shared or even read. You know what I mean? In the course of a busy week, many of us don't get a chance for this. Without the TV on or your mobile phone ringing. You know what I'm saying? Or your Twitter feed going nuts or want to check your Instagram or, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's really hard just to find time and space like this. So I relish the fact, I remember Mark Driscoll used to also say, people used to say, Mark, Mark how do you get away preaching for a whole hour at your church? You know what I mean? Where many churches you go to, like I've been to churches where they've said, you've got 30 minutes to preach. I've been to churches where they've said to me, you've got seven and a half minutes to preach. No comment. <laughs> so, you know the Bible says that we're supposed to love God. How does it say we're supposed to love God? With all our heart, soul, strength, and mind. You know what I mean? And, 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 and so there's a challenge there for us. Even to respond to that commandment, you know what I'm saying, by giving concerted attention, you know what I'm saying, to, 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 the, to the word of God. And what happens is, <clears throat> what I just did with Jaron Lanier and what he's actually doing is, is, <clears throat> is what is called cultural exegesis. Now, exegesis means to extract from whatever it is you're looking at 
It's looking at the culture and extracting and, and trying to figure out what's going on. You know what I mean? And it's funny because in order to do healthy cultural in in order to do healthy cultural exegesis, you need to be someone who's doing healthy biblical exegesis. And on the basis of your biblical exegesis, then you can do healthy cultural exegesis. You can analyze the culture. You know what I'm saying? in ways that are really, really helpful. But again, it takes a commitment to thinking. You know what I mean? So previously, I gave you the definition of the wicked, right? Just going back to the text. I gave you the definition of the wicked. Verse 1, the description of the wicked and their behavior, that is, ungod they're ungodly counselors, you see in verse 1, right? They're sinful, I say they, you know what I'm saying, and scoffers. Right, scorners of good, I mean, just a, a clue. Who is it that falls into that category? Or should I say, who doesn't fall into that category? You know what I mean? Before we just start pointing a finger. And we saw the danger, didn't we, of moving in that three-stage negative direction away from God's best life, like last week. God's blessed life. We called the whole of the, the week at the youth camp, the peng life, you know what I mean, talking about the blessed life or God's best life, and um, moving in that three-stage direction in verse one, you're moving away from God's best life, from God's blessed life, right? <clears throat> Today, we're going to see the opposite with the introduction of another metaphor, because you could say the walking, standing, and then the sitting is a metaphor, right? It's not literal. It's metaphoric, right? This is poetry. And today we're going to see the opposite with the introduction of this other metaphor. Can you see it? I mean, you should be able to because I highlighted it. Try to make it easy for you. You know, when you give like three options, you ask the question and the answers. And <clears throat> in verse three, we see a tree. And, and conversely, we see a positive in the tree, not a negative. We see upward movement, not downward, right? We see progression <clears throat> with speed and even direction. Shout out to community group, because this came up last week in some sense. You see how the tree is, is the complete opposite to the description in verse 1 with regards to the wicked. A tree. And <clears throat> all of this, that is what we're going to see described in the tree, comes by virtue of doing verse 2, which is meditating in God's law or God's word. See, what if we continue to do what the psalm says, which is meditate, and do it as it actually relates to, this, to even this psalm that is meditate on it? In other words, what would it look like to meditate <clears throat> on the psalm that teaches us to meditate? Have you ever stopped for a minute and, and took the time to think or to muse on a tree. Where we were this week, we were down in Tonbridge, T-O-N, as opposed to T-U-N, Tonbridge Wells, in Tonbridge. <coughs> and we were surrounded by these, by, by forest. <coughs> and we, we played run outs. Like split the kids up into two groups, and one group had to run out, and they had a base, and they had to come back and come to the base, and and then it just so happened that I don't know how, I think it was one of the adults who, dis, who, who, who come up with it. Initially, I was like, that's not a good plan, but it actually worked out. They were like, okay, let's play adults against youth, against the kids. Now, there was like 20 of them, and there was about six of us. So we were never, ever going to get to the base with them protecting it, but we played the game anyway. And it was sick. We nearly done it. Because when we ran out, one of the, one of the workers jumped into one of the vans right by the base. <laughs> <laughs> 
So when we ran out, they thought we'd all run out like halfway into the, into the I was going to say jungle, halfway out into the forest. And he was in the van. You know what I'm saying? And so anyway, two twos, we ran out five minutes. They're trying to find us and they catch some of us. They caught me. Oh my gosh. If you ever see, I, I was trying to run away and it was muddy. So I slipped. The whole of my left hand side was full of mud from head to toe. Even up in my boxer shorts, it was... So, I, so they caught me, and I tried to jump over this fence. This fence was there, and I tried to jump on the fence. The fence just fell down, and me with the fence. It was mud. So then I'm walking back like this, and it covered in mud. And when I get back to base, like with all the adult, all the all the team have got radios, and we're radioing each other, saying, "Okay, look, um, Marina's made a run for it. Marina's made a run for it." So we're in contact, and and Tutu's like most of us are caught now. But the one brother ain't got caught. Why? Because he's in the van. <laughs> so two twos. All I see is some of the youths, them, they clocked. And they went over to the van and they, and they checked it. The van was open. So they climbed in the van. And my man, his name's Adam, was in the van. He said he was in the van and he looked. And he said he saw them looking at him. And he said it was a bit like, you know, alien versus predator. <laughs> he said it was like alien. My man jumped out the van and he started... And he, came, he ran just, just about to come past me, and then one of the Utes went to him. Now, I should have rugby tackled the Ute, you know what I mean? I'm, 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 you know, like, like American football, and made my boy come through, and we would have won. There's me being a Christian, innit? I was like, that would be unfair, you can't play. My son hotted me up, Jordan hot. He's like, Dad, man, there's no rules, you could have... Anyway, he didn't make it to the base, um, and... Um, why did I tell that story? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Bertram. So, a part of what I was doing apart from playing runouts is I stopped for a minute because we're in Psalm 1, innit? And I'm looking and I'm thinking, look at, look at this forest full of, full of trees. And there was one particular one that was, it was big. And you could tell it had been there for years. But silent, yet strong. You know what I mean? And it's obviously the time of the year where there's no leaves on the tree. But you look, and if you're meditating, you can see things that you can't see. And I just started, so I just went off in it. Have you ever taken the time to meditate and just think? And the thing is, we're, we're city dwellers. We live in a concrete jungle, innit? Like, we don't think about things like that. But there's so much that we're missing. You know what I mean? And... Getting back to the point. Meditating kind of means looking at things from different angles. You know what I'm saying? And inspecting and evaluating and, and seeing things sometimes if you look a bit harder that you wouldn't normally see. And meditating on verse 3. I, I told you we weren't going to be able to finish right. Meditating partially on verse 3. It says, notice, he is like a tree. Planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. Notice, he is like. See, this is the metaphor. These are the metaphors I used in my little rap. You know, words that describe th other things that help you to understand the things on the basis of the metaphor, right? He is like, right? And hear the introduction of this new positive metaphor in the psalm. But also, he is like. It's not talking about a tree. It's talking about a person. Right? He is like. That is the person who does verse 2, meditates in God's law. Now, when this was written, right? At that point, all they had was the Pentateuch. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Pente means five. The first five books of the Bible. You know what I'm saying? The other books were still being written, like the prophets, Ezekiel, Daniel, Hosea, Joel, Amos. You know what I'm saying? These are still being written. Chronicles was chronicling the history. A lot of them hadn't even been written yet. So their meditation, the, 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 the blessed person's meditation, you know what I'm saying, would have been on a few books, but fundamentally those first five books. You know what I'm saying? But now, today, for us, we got a whole heap more to, to meditate on. 
We've got the whole of the Old Testament and the New Testament, haven't we? So meditating for us will be a little bit more extrapolated than it would have been for the writer of this psalm at the time. Verse 3. He is like a tree. Now, every... <clears throat> how many of you know trees, they start off extremely small, but can grow into something extremely big? As I said, trees are solid. Listen, when they get to a certain point, they're immovable. When they're mature. But notice the contrast in verse 4. The wicked are not so. The wicked are not so, but they are like something. And it's not a tree. It's like, they're like chaff that the wind drives away. Can you begin to see the contrast between the two? More about chaff next week. But chaff is, is a bit like grass. You know what I'm saying? They don't really nourish. And apart from well, cows are nourished by grass. But as far as human consumption is concerned. You know what I'm saying? Chaff is much more like grass. Especially when it dries up. You know what I'm saying? Much more like grass than it's like a tree. So can you see this? They're, 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 they're completely different. Now Isaiah describes all flesh as grass, or even like chaff in a sense. He says, a voice says, cry. And I said, what shall I cry? This is what you cry. Some flesh is grass. Black flesh is like grass. Females are like grass. Is that what it says? All flesh, all flesh is grass. And all its beauty is like the flower of the field. Now, you know the flower of the field, like, it's very, very beautiful one day. Come back on another day. It's ugly and it stinks. <laughs> kind of dis... No. <clears throat> I was going to talk about the aging process, but... The grass, it goes on to say, withers... And the flower eventually fades. When the breath of the Lord blows on it, you know. Now, think back to the psalm that talks about the wind. What does it do with the chaff? Drives it away. It's very, the similarities here. You know what I'm saying? The breath of the Lord blows on it. It fades. Surely the people are grass. Now, can you hear the metaphor? The grass withers, the flower fades, but. The word of our God will stand forever. So there's another contrast there, right? And if you notice, what genre is this? Now, I left it. Now, it's sick. Bertram said prophecy. In one sense, it is prophetic, you know what I'm saying, in terms of man's future. But this is poetry in Isaiah. If you look in your Bible... At this particular portion, the text is indented. Anytime you see text in your Bible that's indented, it's poetry. The book of Psalms ain't the only place to find poetry. And I'm saying, in Genesis, in Genesis 2, when Adam sees Eve, <coughs> what comes out of his mouth, literally, you look at it, it's po My man's there spitting bars as he looks at his bride-to-be, a bit like my man yesterday. Like, he, we played the Chronics tune, and he reworded it. Instead of saying, my name is Chronics, we deleted that part, and he said, Wayne. And then when we got to um, the, 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 the Jamaica part, um, she told me that her name is, we said, Sabrina. <laughs> <laughs> and so they switched it up, and... It's like my brain hardly works on a good day, let alone on a bad... What was I saying? Poetry. poetry. This is Poetry. You know what I'm saying? Poetry. <clears throat> Adam and Eve. That's what I was talking about. Adam spitting bars to Eve. Yeah. Husbands and wives. Marriage. Weddings. Yes. 
Thank you, Jesus. I'm not, going, I'm not losing my mind. Um, and notice, <clears throat> if all people, that is all humans, are like grass, how on earth do you become a tree? Well, Pastor E smashed it in his session because he talked a little bit about this. He didn't quote this verse, but the sentiment he did. First Peter 1 quotes this verse, and notice, can you see it's, in, it's, it's indented, and you can see that that's highlighting poetry. But listen to the bit Peter says before he quotes this verse from Isaiah 40. He says, having purified your souls, speaking to believers, speaking to those who have had this transition from grass to becoming, quote-unquote, like trees, <clears throat> he says, having purified your soul by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart. Notice why, verse 23, since you have been what? Born again, you know. Wait a minute. Sounds like this is someone who's gone through a transformation. Remember Nicodemus having a conversation with Jesus. How can a man be born again? Jesus said, I'm talking about a transformation, yo. Second Corinthians 5.21 says, if any man or woman be in Christ, they are what? A new creation, you know. Like, Paul, you're some, you're, you're, what you are now since receiving Christ is something that never existed before. The old Paul is gone. The new, amen, hallelujah, the new has come. But it takes us a little while to get used to that, right? You know what I'm saying? This is the whole process of having our minds renewed. We're changed. We're different people. You know what I'm saying? We're, we're a new species of creature. We've been translated out of the kingdom of darkness and been now placed into the kingdom of light, into the, the kingdom of God's dear son. Man, put up. Rob, is that 10 minutes to go? And there's me thinking, I thought, you know, I thought I had content for maybe 20 minutes today. Boy, the Lord is either good or... I'm really bad because this shouldn't have taken an hour. But anyway, can you see a transformation has taken place, at least in Peter's mind? Since you have been born again, right? Not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and abiding word of God. How many of you know God's word is alive? So anything that gets touched and affected by that which is alive... It's going to be affected. And we'd like to argue that when God's word, you know what I'm saying? This is what John 3 is talking about. The word of God and the spirit of God come together in your heart and life. Transformation takes place. That's why you can't function the way you do. That's why I couldn't, couldn't rave at the party, rave. I couldn't do my thing at the party to any kind of music. There's certain music. I was doing my thing. Man's like, Pastor Rob, boy, man, never know so you could have danced like that, you know, bro. Sorry that my phone memory ran out. You know what I mean? Otherwise, I'd have filmed it. You know what I'm saying? But there's something that's taken place on the inside of me that caused me, in the midst of everything, all of a sudden, everything slows down. And that which I've been meditating on begins to now kick in. And all of a sudden, I'm in a parallel universe thinking, you ever experience that? You get saved and you think, yeah, man, praise God, in church. You know what I'm saying? Stop raving, stop dissing, stop that, and stop swearing, stop blazing, stop bunning, stop this, stop drinking. For five years. And then year six, or is it seven? Seven year itch, I don't know. You know what I mean? And you get to the point where hmm, friends start inviting you out and you feel like, oh, yeah, it's kind of boring at the moment. Nothing ain't really going on at church or, you know what I mean? I'm single and it's been a long time and... I mean, it's like, yeah, the Bible don't say I can't go out. You know, you start having this conversation with yourself. Two, you end up going out, and you're out, like, in the heat of a rave. You know what I'm saying? Lights, psychedelic lights flashing. And you're, you're gone. Like, you're gone. Right? And while you're there, all of a sudden, everything starts to slow down. And there's people doing their thing. And all of a sudden, you have an out-of-body experience. And you see yourself and you think, 
You ever had that? Well, I don't know. Boy, I, maybe I speak for myself. And I just think, this, I don't, this ain't me anymore. And you, fight, and you can fight it for a year or two or five or however long. You end up kind of like in a backslidden state. But in your, you know something has happened to you that you cannot deny and people can tell, oh, like, what's going on with you? You know, people can say that and it's all external. You know what I mean? Pastor can preach and hard and heavy, you know what I'm saying? And you can even be in church and, you know what I mean? And kind of sit there and have this struggle because you feel like, oh, I'm a Dr. Jekyll. No, I'm Mr. Hyde. Like, what am I? Who am I? You know that struggle? And it's because God's word is alive. You know what I'm saying? And not only did it bring you to life, you know what I'm saying, like Neo, you know what I'm saying? I think I need to go back and watch that film again because there's very powerful metaphors in there about the Christian experience. You know what I'm saying? That new, like his eyes are open now. You know what I mean? Nothing will, nothing will ever be the same. You know what I mean? But not only does God's word bring you alive, you're alive and that alive word continues to keep working. Hebrews 4 verse 12. You know what I'm saying? The word of God is alive. King James says quick. It means alive, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing and dividing asunder soul and spirit and the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. It's like God's word, what it does, it goes right down the middle and it separates to the point where literally you can go, rah, Robert, what are you doing? Rah, man, I just, I just need a break. But bro, you know this ain't good for you. You ever had them conversations with yourself? <laughs> it's one of the beauties of being created in the image of God. Can you see Peter talking about a transform? Can you see now how chaff, grass, remember all flesh is grass. Can you see how grass can become a tree? Trees start off extremely small, but can grow into something extremely big, solid, immovable, mature. How many of you know you can drive a car over grass and run over it? Try and drive into a tree. It's not the grass that gets crushed. It's the, it's the car that ends up crushed. And a tree don't even break a sweat. Which would you rather be, grass or the tree? Feels like a good place to stop. I'm going to invite the team to come. Would you join me as I pray? Is that for me stopping? Or otherwise. <laughs> All right, let's, let's pray. Father, thank you just for this new season that we are enjoying. And it's wonderful, Lord. At the same time, the seasons are changing. And the seasons are changing literally. But we know, Lord, that the seasons are changing for us metaphorically as a church. And... We want to praise you for that. Thank you, Lord, for the beginning of this year. Just inspiring Pastor E to encourage us just to think about who we are and where we are. New year, new you. And Lord, for those of us that teach your word, sometimes it feels like we can just be going over the same stuff, but it's so untrue. Lord, because your word is so unique. Lord, we could stay in Psalm 1 for 10 weeks and not fully exhausted. And so, Father, I just want to thank you this afternoon for your word and for your instruction to us that we need to meditate on it. And, Lord, as we do that, we will extract such wonderful nourishment, Lord, that will contribute to blessing our souls. 
just commit the rest of our time together in the Psalms to you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Join us next time for more of God's truth to transform your reality.